0: Oh, we really are starting.
1: Yeah, Yeah. we're running late.
0: Right. Oh, there we go. All right. Wait, who starts? <laughs> I start. Hey, everybody. I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. We are late. God, we're a minute late.
1: I know. And I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us this Monday. We are going to do the news and then share a couple of makes make me smiles. And uh, we will start first, though, with the news fix. Although I do want to identify that I am in L.A., alone in the studio. Oh. <sighs>
0: You're just calling me out. Yes, it's all throwing you under the bus. Yes. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'll be there at some point. That's okay. Whatever. Whatever. Mm. Uh, So, should I go first? Yes, why don't you go first since I just threw you under the bus. All right. Uh, I try, as I think I've said before on this uh, podcast, not to repeat content from Marketplace and on this podcast just because, you know, why do that? But I had a very quick item at the end of the show, the radio show today, that I think deserves maybe like 60 seconds. So Ford Motor Company announced this morning that it's going to lay off 3,000 white-collar workers. Now, that is some really small fraction of its total white-collar workforce. But the reason, um, said the CEO of Ford Motor Company and chairman of the board, also William Ford, they said, look, we need to right-size. We need to trim down our internal combustion engine division Mm. as we transition to electric. This will make me no friends, but this is what is supposed to happen. As economies change, as industries changed, as we have what Schumpeter called creative destruction, this is what has to happen, right? The industries and the people who work in those parts of the industries that are no longer um, being used by society. And look, we all love our internal combustion engine cars or motorcycles or what have you, mm-hmm. but they're not the future right? The futures are the electric Ford F-150 truck, Mm -hmm. the uh, Mach-E Ford Mustang. Mm -hmm. Those are the future for the Ford Motor Company. And yes, they're laying off 3,000 white-collar workers today. I promise you that they're going to hire 10,000 white-collar workers to make the electrics work to 15,000 white-collar workers to make the electrics work as that company transitions. And it's just an important sort of marker when you have an old line industrial company saying, you know what, we got to do this now so we can be better later.
1: And would, that's going to
0: sound heartless, but that's what it is.
1: I would really love to read a piece, and I'm sure it exists somewhere and I'm sure people will send it to me, uh, about what the transition was like after the invention of the tractor. Um, Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like we're in that kind of moment where one of the fundamental things that underpins the economy is changing and how what that adjustment looked like in people's lives. Because when a huge chunk of the workforce used to be dedicated to like just maintaining fields, and we still have plenty of farm workers, but a lot fewer than we used to, and I know a lot of that was enslaved labor, but, you know, like, mm-hmm. at some point there was a shift where all of the people who were doing one thing had to start doing another thing, right?
0: So, Yeah. Anyway. yeah. And, it, and look, it's, it's amazingly disruptive, and those 3,000 people have lost their jobs, and we can't lose sight of that. But this is what it means when an economy changes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway. So that's my spiel.
1: Speaking of big changes, uh, there is so much in the Inflation Reduction Act that I imagine we're going to be unpacking little inserts and nuances for some time to come. But one thing that's in it that I hadn't noticed until I saw this piece in The Hill, but ProPublica has been covering it quite a bit. Is that the Inflation Reduction Act requires the IRS of the big bucket of money that it gets in the Mm -hmm. Inflation Reduction Act to spend 15 million of the 80 billion it's getting to deliver a report on free government run tax. Oh, filing system yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that
1: people have been pushing for for the longest and we've covered this a bit on the tech show and on, on Marketplace, uh, the Morning Report and, and your show mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. about how the government basically made a deal with the tax filing companies basically promising not to compete with them. And that ended up getting rolled back later, but the trade-off was that these tax filing companies were supposed to provide free e-filing services for people under certain income levels, right? The people who need the really simple tax returns and don't make that much money should be able to file their taxes for free. But hardly anybody takes advantage of that program because the e-filing companies made it so hard to navigate to the websites where you could do it and made it really confusing and so most people pay to file their taxes even though they don't have to. And so this would require the IRS to ha- to you know at least study how the US can join most of the rest of the developed world and have a freeway for people to file taxes if people have to file taxes at all. In some countries you don't have to file a return they just say, like, we've collected your Mm -hmm. taxes. Here's a rundown of what you paid us. And, you know, if there are any discrepancies, here you go. Now, granted, we have this convoluted system of like tax credits and deductions and all these other things. So for some people, it makes sense. But there are a lot of people where the tax return is kind of like this extra step. So the IRS is about to spend $15 million to look into it.
0: I would sign up for a government issued tax return in a leaping heartbeat Mm -hmm. honest to Pete honest to Pete I really would yeah Uh,
1: and I mean it would just save people so much stress you know yeah so like I did my taxes I paid to you know use one of these services and I still somehow messed up on something and I got this letter from the IRS which is like You did this wrong, and your deduction doesn't match up with this such and such, and you need to send us back these forms corrected, you know, in this amount of time. And I was just like, I don't understand what I've done wrong. And then I just was confused, and then I had anxiety about it, and I just kind of ignored it (laughs) Mm -hmm. for a couple of months. I hear you. And then... Oh, So they delayed my refund. They're like, we're not going to give you your refund until you fix this. And so I kind of ignored it for a couple of months. And then like, I got my refund, and it was less than I thought it was going to be. But I guess they solved the problem themselves. And I was like, bet. I'm sure it's fine. I hope it's fine. But I would much rather them have fixed it on their end without me sending in the documentation then, you know, like whatever it is I was supposed to do, you know, but yeah. I imagine a lot of people are like that because the government probably has a lot more information on my taxes than I do. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah, the gov- that's the thing. The government knows. Yes. The government knows. And look, you You and I are, I would imagine, I certainly am, and I imagine you are too, a fairly run-of-the-mill taxpayer. Yes. And there are many people in this country in the upper, upper reaches who have extremely convoluted tax returns. But mm-hmm. for most Americans, I'm sure the government knows exactly how much they make, exactly yes. how much the credit ought to be, exactly how much X, Y, and Z are. Yeah. And oh my goodness. And I'll bet you compliance would be higher too. If somebody just mailed me a freaking tax form and said, here you go, this is what we figure, and, and Let here's us your know math, something and we'll show wrong. you. (laughs) Right, right, right. So I didn't get it back. You know, compliance would probably go way up. I'm sure it would. Shouting into the wind. All right.
1: All right. Good time to smile.
0: Let's. Yes. Okay. The James Webb Space Telescope is back. And it's got more cool pictures. So there's a picture of Jupiter which the uh, James Webb Space Telescope has taken. And let's remember, that thing went a million miles, not the other way, but certainly outside the solar system, uh, and turned around and pointed its camera back at Jupiter. And, um, oh my Lord, you can see the aurora borealis on Jupiter and the aurora Aust- Australis. I don't know, the southern lights, anyway. Mm. And and some rings around Jupiter and some of its tiny moons. Super cool picture. And we're going to put it on the um, show page. And it's amazing. It's crazy.
1: I, like, the scale of space always stuns yeah. me, and one of the
0: oh, <laughs> is, is that that's what is the that, that, that's <laughs> the other story that yeah, I have in there. Yeah. That's cool, actually. So explain what that, that is. That's super cool. Yes, yeah. yes, yes,
1: yes. Okay, so this is the other space story, which is that NASA has also shared the sound of a black hole because, you know, there's this this thing, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream and whatever and all that stuff. But there is still sound in space. It just can't go anywhere, like because, uh, let me just read what NASA Exoplanet's Twitter account says. There you go. The misconception that there is no sound in space originates because most of space is a vacuum, providing no way for sound waves to travel. A galaxy cluster has so much gas that we've picked up an actual sound. Here it is, amplified and mixed with other data to hear a black hole. So one more time.
0: so cool. That's so cool.
1: It's so cool, right? This it's idea so cool. that, like, most of space is silence, but there is sound there. And, and I just yeah. thought that was so amazing to hear it. Uh, so... You know, NASA is just like on a on a little tear, isn't it? They are all, on a all roll. their cool yeah. cool stuff they're doing. Um, yeah, got the Artemis
0: stuff going on too. Yeah, and all that stuff.
1: But back to the Jupiter thing. Like one yes. detail of that is just so amazing to me. So there's a really good picture of uh, the Great Red Spot in in this image. Sorry, yeah. within the image, yeah, yeah. you can really see it. It shows up as white just because of the way that the the sunlight is reflecting, but The Great Red Spot, you know, it's got this, it's a massive storm, right? And it's got winds of more than like 250 miles an hour. But just that storm is 1.3 times the diameter of Earth. Yeah. So think about it. It's a planet sized storm. Think Mm -hmm. about the scale of that. Anyway, that's just super cool, also, although, you know scary um and then my last make me smile is something courtesy of the discord community uh where somebody shared this which is a twitter account that posted a video of the guy who played biff on back to the biff tannin on back to the future right And he's written a song about answering the same fan questions for 30 oh years.
0: God. That's great. And That's great. he
1: sings these questions that he gets and he answers them. And he's like, you can stop asking me these questions. It's really funny. <laughs> quite entertaining. I recommend that you listen to him sing it. And also if you want to see what Tom Wilson, who played Biff Tannen, looks like now. There you go. Oh, man. Wow.
0: That's great. That's good stuff. All right. And on that note, uh, we're out of here. We're doing uh, money in this midterm election cycle, what we know so far. We're going to talk about that a little bit. The election is something less than 90 days away. Mm-hmm. Um, so join us, please.
1: Yeah, and if you have questions about sort of money and in, in politics, well, money in elections specifically, send mm-hmm. those to us. If you have comments, please keep them uh, <laughs> as clear of profanity as you can when talking yeah. about money and politics. Uh, you can send those to us. Uh, our email is make smart at marketplace or you can call and leave us a voice message five zero eight U B smart. Amy pointed out it's the letter, letter U
0: and the letter I know, B. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. She, told, she totally was right. No. She totally was right. I gave her hard time. She's like, no, they couldn't work. I do know. Words. <laughs> Make I Me it. Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera. Today's program is engineered by Juan Carlos Dorado. Our
1: senior producer is Bridget Bodner, and the director of On Demand is Donna Tam. I got to meet Juan Carlos for the first time today. Oh yeah! In real life, that is. <laughs> Hi, Juan Carlos. He's waving at me. Bye. I'd wave at you, too, if you were here.